everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm delighted today to have two guests. Uh, first, uh, what's your name, darling? I love you, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a lot to say, but that's Maggie the Boxer. And uh, Maggie the Boxer, with her human counterpart, yes. R2-D2. No, no. Uh, uh, not, not. When I hear counterpart, I always think R2-D2. <laughs> It'd be great to be R2-D2. But no, Ryan McCaffrey. Hi, Jared. It's so good to see you. I am really thrilled to have you here. Uh, you have a, a long history at IGN. We've been friends for a long time. Long time. And... You have IGN's hands down best radio manner. Like that's your thing, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's the one. I, I was God gave me a a face for radio, but he did also <laughs> give me a voice for radio. So I'm grateful for that. In addition to, and you do a lot of radio and show type work at IGN. Of course, you're the yep. host of uh, Unlocked and uh, the other Un show. It seemed to have a thing with Uns. Okay, what's uh, your un un unfiltered? That's my, right. Which is a little sort of startup project I've been very proud of. It's or over a year now. It's once a month, sort of a Charlie Rose type thing, one-on-one, -on -one, hour-long, long-form interviews with uh, with some of the sort of video game industry luminaries. And I've been having a that's been a very personally gratifying project for me because I feel like nobody else in the game world is doing that kind of thing and I, and I really enjoy doing it it's delightful uh, it's it's fantastic you should you should watch unfiltered uh, how many episodes now I let's see well I just recorded two this past week I think 14 are out publicly depending when this publishes okay yeah It'll the magical world of publishing yeah right. but okay. they're, they're once a month yeah uh, so that's you're the host of unlocked you're the host of unfiltered and then you're the host of another project outside of IGN yeah, like you, you know, I've uh, I've got a a uh, sort of passion project. I have always been a car guy ever since yeah. I was a little kid. Uh, I could tell you all kinds of silly stories, but you know, I my Twitter handle DMC underscore Ryan comes from the fact that I owned a DeLorean for twelve years. That was my dream car, mm -hmm. uh, which I uh, you know only sold not under I won't quite say under protest, but you know it's. My wife and I were in the position to own a home, which is in the Bay Area is a really big and complicated and expensive deal. And, yes, yes, it is. Uh, and only, by the way, through the help of some very generous relatives, I never would have been able to, to do it on my own. But between the house and we just had our, our daughter, it, it was sort of one of those things where it was it was best for the family, even if it hurt, you know, it sort of left a hole in my heart to, <laughs> to sell the DeLorean, but uh, you suffered a wound for well, the sake of you know, those I, you I don't want to, I don't want to make me, myself sound like some sort of like hero for, but you know, it, it, it was a, it was a dream that I had to give up for a, a bigger dream, which is to, you know, help my family. And so where I'm going with that to answer your question is I've still always been a car guy and, and Tesla motors who is local Jared, they're yeah. here in the Bay area. They have captured my heart. Uh, this is going to sound so dumb to a lot of people, but but they really have just uh, – I've fallen in love with Tesla the same way that only I've, that I've only ever fallen in love with the DeLorean. It's this iconoclastic car company that's right in our backyard that's doing cars in a completely new and different and, I would argue, better way. Uh, and, and I've just been – and I realized that I would talk about it, Tesla, all the time annoying the heck out of my wife and finally i had the thought well you know what wait a second i really enjoy podcasting yeah. i've been i've podcasted in my day job for 10 years why don't i start a tesla podcast and you're, so i did and you're no johnny come lately on this you were ahead of the curve on on creating a podcast on on almost all of us that have gone and done this you, tesla uh, ride the lightning best 
name for a podcast Thank ever. You. I appreciate that you recognize the, the multi-layer uh, meaning going on there. It's but always, you've been doing this more than a year now, right? Uh, but as of recording with you today, I'm 78 episodes wow. in, plus my Patreon-exclusive episodes. What happened, Jared, was, uh, I mean, as you know, it's very expensive to live here in the Bay Area, and, and this podcast, even though it is a passion project, uh, like your Pockets Full of Soup, it's it's sort of become a part-time job. Yeah. Even though it's one I love, a lot of time, a lot of research and time and, and you know, the rec- recording it takes the least amount of time. Yeah, this is this is the, the fun part. The plan, the planning, <laughs> and then the editing and the publishing takes the longer part. So uh, I, I went ahead after a year. I wanted to really establish myself and prove to my my podcast audience that hey, this was a podcast that hopefully you're you you're, you you uh, enjoy and that you could count on. It's I, I release episodes every Sunday morning. Yeah, and so I actually made the decision as well to go ahead and launch a Patreon. Uh, about six or so months ago, right? Your uh, listener just, supported, right? Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, and that I'm community's on, growing. It, it's been great. I mean, the, the again, t- I'm I. What I've found is I am far from the only one with whom Tesla has connected in this real sort of passionate way. And so, uh, yeah, if you're if you're curious to take a look at my show, uh, you can find if you just go to the Patreon page. You don't have to pledge anything if you don't want to. But the the links to download and check out the show are there. So it's patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Yeah, it's Tesla podcast. It's Ride the Lightning, part of the podcast cinematic universe. Uh, <laughs> which is, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled for your success. It's well-deserved. I do not share your majestic, magical passion that's for okay. Tesla, but I do find them intriguing and, and innovative and exciting vehicles. And I have more than once sat down and enjoyed listening to your show and learning more, despite not having any mania for the vehicle. I really do recommend you check it out, guys. It's a good show. It uh, you know if you like cars and you know it's it, it's it, it comes from my heart. That's all I can promise. It's passionate you. and it's informative and it's a lot of fun. Also, speaking of you were talking about Bay Area housing. For those of you watching on YouTube, you may be going, "What is what is happening in this room right now?" Uh, and the answer to that is. Uh, I moved. Oh, is this uh, your first episode this recording here? This is my here? first episode recording here, yes. Uh, so, guys, yeah, I moved, and uh, this is this is what the place looks like right now. Uh, so I apologize. Still and moving An- Angie really apologizes. <laughs> she says, uh, not that she's responsible, but just that she said, tell, tell, them, tell them all this is not what the house normally looks like. So, Jared, I suspect your audience is wondering why there's a dog here. Yeah, you know, I suppose they are. Well, this is actually, uh, she's kind of the strong, silent type. She, she um, actually is. She's not a very vocal animal. No, she's really not. But this is, of course, Maggie the Boxer. Uh, Twitter handle. Same thing, Maggie, Maggie the Boxer. The, yeah, this is Maggie the Boxer. And uh, here in Pockets Full of Soup, we always ask, um, uh, tell me about somebody you're thankful for. I think today it's it's a little obvious who you're going to bring up. Brian, who are you thankful yeah, for? Yeah, I am very thankful for this dog. And, you know, some of you watching may think, oh, well, what about your wife? What about you? Well, of course I'm thankful for them. But, you know, that's, that's sort of the, that's the private side of my life. And Maggie has always been... You know, if if you follow me at IGN, follow you when you were at IGN, it's you've probably seen or heard about this dog at some point. She visits from time to time. Uh, I talk about her a lot. Yeah. And this is a dog that Jared. I mean, you know, uh, the 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 man, the human dog connection is one that's uh, I firmly believe in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's astounding. And I I have this dog is ten years old now. Maggie's ten. Wow. Uh, well, actually, more over ten now. And I've had her that whole time. And she and I, through 
completely unforeseen circumstances. Again, I know I'm going to get mocked for this, but in, in a lot of ways, she is kind of my best friend. Well, no, I think that that's that's better than fair to say. There's a reason that the, the, the uh, adage man's best friend exists. Yeah. It's because I do think there's something primordial, almost mystical in the connection between people and dogs. Uh, I really do. There, there, it's a, I agree. It's a relation, and dogs are not the only animal no. that, that we that we uh, graft to, but we graft to them in a very unique way, and they to us. It's extraordinary. Uh, I, I love dogs. I love them deeply. And Maggie's an especially lovable dog, so I'd like to jump right in here Please. and start with a... W- let's let's get to the... Uh, in, in the faces of the superheroic drama, the origin story. How did you... <laughs> what, are you Mar- Boxer, what are you, a Marvel movie here? I, <laughs> how do you and uh, Maggie the Boxer meet? So, I grew up with a dog that we got when I was four. So as long as I could remember, really. And her name was Maggie. That is who this Maggie is named after. So is this Maggie 2.0? Well, more like Maggie the Second. Maggie the Second. Okay. Two, I don't. I don't think the 2.0 moniker that that implies almost a replacement. Yeah, it's or not a how it superseding. Works. Okay. I, I don't want to phrase it that All way. All right. But, so Maggie the Second. But yeah, you know, the first Maggie was this about 35 pound or so terrier mix, sort of a black and white coat, just a great dog who was very much my mom's dog above all else. But, you know, I always, the dog was always around and I would, you know, pet the dog and play with the dog and, and all from, all through childhood. And that dog lived to be 15. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was a long one, time for a dog. Yeah. But, so it was till uh, I was 19 and in college and uh, came home one day and, and got the sad news that, that uh, the first Maggie had passed away and, you know, and, and that it devastated my mother. So you had known at, at 19 and 15 years old, pretty much the entire length of your memory. Yes, the first there'd always been the around. dog around. Wow. Absolutely. And so I was so fortunate when I graduated college uh, at 22 and, and moved pretty much straight up here to the Bay Area f- to take uh, a, my dream job at Official Xbox Magazine, starting as, as an assistant editor there. And I lived in a little one-bedroom apartment in Burlingame, which is a town not too far north of here. Yeah, we're not far from there now. Uh, and and you know, I was that was, I got to this point after a couple of years there by myself, where I started to get this itch, like, boy, I really want to have a dog. Like, I miss having. I never really even thought about it. Uh-huh. You know, like. It was just it just sort of started to bubble up like man I, I miss having a dog around like, like something was dog. missing from your life yeah uh, yeah yeah and so I started thinking about it and uh, and I started thinking about, well, I, I couldn't have a dog in that apartment okay. I wasn't allowed as, as many of you who may live in apartments know yeah. all too well but I started thinking about okay well you know I can I, I was uh, I'd been dating uh, a girl for a while at that point we were uh, doing the long distance thing with me coming up. Uh, here we were going to try that and Ooh, that's hard it is and the, that's part of the story later we'll get to but uh but yeah so it was just me and i started thinking about well, what kind of dog would i want to get i we you know we can when my when my girlfriend maybe you know finishes up college because she was a bit younger than me uh, she move up here and yeah. then you know we'd move somewhere and get a dog what kind of dog would i want to get and and it's funny i can't even remember quite how I landed on Boxer. Okay. But I did. I thought I, I'd started looking because I never knew any Boxers growing up. Yeah. They were, but I, you know, knew of them, but I'd never, I don't even know if I'd ever, I mean, I'm sure I'd met one at some point, but I found, I came to find that they are in my research. I, I think I probably first landed on, oh, that's a, that's an adorable dog. I like the look They're of that. Definitely dog. adorable. What are the defining characteristics of a boxer? So they are regarded as the class clowns of the dog world. Okay. They're very, because their faces are very expressive. Their eyes are very expressive. Yeah. 
They're very goofy. They're like just big goofballs, but they're also fiercely loyal in a very affectionate, loving way. They mm-hmm. just want to be with you. They're as you case in point right now. Yeah. They are uh, in her case a sixty-four pound lap dog. Yeah. This is all they want right here. What's going on right yep. now? Just to be with you. They're very smart dogs. They were used uh, in World War II as both, uh, or maybe it was World War One. Uh, but they're of German origin, but they've domesticated and you know have since found their way, of course, of course, all over the world. They were used as uh, messengers. They right. were used as guard dogs. Yeah, they're they, French dogs. Right? Yeah, they yeah. also uh, they would go out on hunts, but they wouldn't kill. They would actually because they have a you know kind of that short muzzle. Yeah, they would actually go out and pin the animal to the ground and wait for master to come and and get it. Yeah, and I see this. I see the the DNA uh, echoes of this. I have a pair of these sort of, I don't want to call them fuzzy slippers because they're not like, I don't want to paint the wrong picture of how how uh, weird these slippers are. But they're you know they're these sort of poofy you know slippers. I, America demands a photograph of these slippers. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna have to tweet it out after this. Yeah, gonna, I want to see these slippers. I, I think now. I'm building them up too much in my head. I'm just, but... I'm just imagining you with like like a pair of like fuzzy bathroom rugs strapped to your feet <laughs> with duct tape now. <laughs> but anyway. I've had those slippers forever, and yeah. uh, ever since she would she for some reason when I would be wearing those in the in the winter time, obviously <laughs> around when it's chillier here, uh, she would come like try to basically trap them. She'd come up, she would wrap her paws around one, okay, and and like put her mouth down as she, as as if it were a small animal and holding were, it down, and holding for it you. down, and that was and so I would mm-hmm. like. You know, we turned it into a game where I'd like shuffle my feet and she would go. So, uh, yeah, there is an instinct extraordinary. It is. It is insane. It's awesome. So. So, yeah, I just came to I found them to be uh, aesthetically striking dogs. Yeah. Very, very regal looking, just like the, you know, they're I, I like to joke, Jared, that if if the if the canine world put on a football game. Yeah. Boxers would be the linebackers in that game. Okay. They're they're not the biggest dogs. They're far from the smallest, but they're very strong, very fast, very sort of lithe. Just they're they're yeah. you know there's there's not a lot of fat on these dogs. No, not at all. So, uh, but yeah, so they're just they're they're these very multi talented, very versatile dogs while while retaining a lot of intelligence. And so I just I I landed on Boxer, and ended up when I finally got to a point where. I was going to be moving, and I ended up getting engaged to that yeah. girlfriend, and uh, she moved up, and, and we, we found a new place that would allow dogs. So did you move to a new apartment to get a dog? Yes. Yeah? Okay, yeah. you chose to do that. Uh, you, so you're like, wow, I'm really missing this in my life. So you have, a, you have a girlfriend living far away. You're living by yourself at this point. You say, I want a dog. Yeah, I do the research. Where do you meet Maggie? So I... Uh, I I started looking on breeder sites okay. online because you wanted a, you I wanted, wanted a pure breed, okay. uh, and I know that a lot that might upset a lot of people for me saying that. But well, people uh, you know, people have different preferences for animals. Rep, yeah. I was looking at very reputable breeders, yeah. and um, I mean, uh, so I, I'm a mutt guy myself. Hey, but, uh, that's, but I'm, that's I'm what a... our that's what my parents have always had mutts, and they're they're great because they they have they don't have all the health problems that pure breeds do. Mm-hmm. But purebred and, dogs have an extraordinary beauty uh, yes. as well, uh, and and and, uh, uh, and, and, and a re- I don't know is regality. A word? I, I mean, I think boxers Regalist? are very regal. It's not to say yeah. other breeds aren't, but I find them to be like the 
you just catch them in the right light, and it's like, oh my, that looks like almost a royal dog. But I know nothing about dog breeding, by the way. So, but uh, <laughs> but but so yeah, you, so you I, I yeah, I I've, I was looking on breeder websites and found uh, a funny story, Jared. I landed on this this uh, Sacramento breeder, okay, and there was a picture of a dog on there, and I wrote to the breeder and said, oh, this this, this beautiful dog is this dog available? And they wrote back, and it was actually Maggie's sister, oh, a litter mate, okay. another female. Because I, I wanted a female because the original Maggie was a female, and I, I knew that the male boxers were, could get huge. Yeah. Like, the, male, the males can be 80, 90 pounds, and yep. that's just a little too much dog Especially for, me. for a one-bedroom San Francisco apartment. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. And I, I, lo- I love big dogs, but that's a little big for me. So yep. uh, the females tended to run in the 50s, typically. Uh, Maggie, Maggie's actually big for Maggie's female. sixty. She is big. Yeah. Her mom was big, and the irony is Maggie was the runt of the litter. So go That's figure funny. there. But, uh, but yeah. So I, I I wrote about her sister, and and the breeder writes back and says, oh no, she's actually spoken for. She's going to be our pick of the litter. They were going to keep her okay. for themselves, but she sends me a picture and says, but this dog needs a home, and sends me a picture of Maggie, and that was it. Yeah, it was just it was it really was that it really was that moment because, uh, you know, I I wanted I kind of had wanted a a fawn, which is the just tan boxer. Maggie's a brindle these with these black tiger stripes. Oh, I love it. And uh, I wanted flashy, which is where they kind of have the white on the face and the white up the leg and the white on the neck, because I find that very, very beautiful as well. And Maggie is none of that. But the sister was, and I. But but when she sent, there was just something where she sent me this picture of Maggie as a as a four week old puppy. My heart melted instantly, and I said, "That's that's it. That's the dog." And so when she was ten weeks old, I ended up driving up to Sacramento, and picking up this dog, and I brought her home. How big's a ten week old Maggie? She was thirteen pounds. Okay. When I brought her home. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. And she comes home. Two and it, are you have you moved in with? At yes, this point? Okay. Uh, I was. It was a little little uh, two bedroom corner lot house that oh, I was wow. renting. So it had a big yard, which was great. Uh, yeah, so there was plenty of room, and that's yeah. So I th- we we were ready. We were ready for Maggie. So uh, what makes what made young Maggie and Ryan a great fit? What led you guys to becoming friends? I mean, I just. Bonded right away. I, I, I just, I went, Jared, I'm, my personality is such that, um, and I, I've come to accept this about myself for better and for worse. I am a man of relatively few interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's the opposite. She's so curious about a lot of things, but I, I, I don't, I'm not super interested in a lot of stuff. I video games and DeLoreans and Teslas and boxers. There's not that much else, honestly, okay. in my life. But the things that I am interested in, I go all the way down the <laughs> rabbit hole. Like I become an expert. Yeah. I mean, that's what's helped fuel my career that I'm so grateful to still have after almost 15 years in the video game media space. And that's what fuels – I think that's why anybody – bothers to listen to my tesla podcast because i'm not saying it's a great show i hope people enjoy it that do listen to it but it's but i do my research and i know everything about tesla's just like i knew i still know everything about deloreans and that's why it 
you know, broke my heart, and I, I cried when I when I walked away from that DeLorean for the last time. Passion um, and mania exist yeah, at a very I mean, close hey, threshold. I, don't they? I fully I should probably be back in therapy. Uh, I went to therapy for a time for reasons we'll get to yeah, soon. We'll get to but that. but yeah, so I just with Maggie there, my own dog. This was my first dog. You know, I'd grown up with with the original Maggie. But she was never my dog, never really my responsibility. Yeah. And here was Maggie, this little adorable puppy. Oh my gosh, you should have seen her. If you think she's cute now, again, if you, you got a picture, seen, oh if you got a picture, we're I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, I really hope I've, I've got these to, yeah, edit in let's here put some you. puppy pictures in here. And uh, I just, I, you know, I just, I went all the way down the rabbit hole with it, yeah. Jared, and I, you know, we went, to, we did puppy kindergarten for the training, and we, oh, did, wait, 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 no, what is puppy kindergarten? That's just your first basic training class where okay. you're literally teaching them to sit. And you're teaching them to lay down and to stay. And the fundamental basics is puppy kindergarten. Okay. So now Maggie's been through a lot of training, again, for reasons we're going to get to. Yeah. But that was the first. That was the yeah. beginning. And that's kind of become a tra training and and uh, has become a big part of her life. Uh, I yes. don't want to jump too far ahead, though. But how many? she's been through regiments of training since her very first like few months with you then. Yeah. That's extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, because boxers, as my research taught me and, and – uh, just life has taught me since is as i said they are a very very intelligent breed but yeah. if you're thinking about getting a dog and maybe you're thinking wow I, maggie the boxer seems super cool i'm gonna look into boxers they're an amazing breed in my humble opinion they are very smart they are very trainable however they're very high energy these yeah. are not dogs that you can just kind of ignore and leave to sit around the house they do need exercise particularly when they're young so as if you're prepared, you need to be prepared to put in the work on the exercise front or else that's when you get into the chewing up your furniture yeah, and eating all that your stuff. So Did Maggie ever eat any sofas? Uh, no, she, I mean, you know, she was a puppy. She certainly, yeah. I think, you know, she, she chewed up her fair share of, of things, but she never had a, what I would classify as a problem. That's marvelous. So let's talk about uh, Maggie already, adorable puppy. You go to train yeah. to get a little bit, but this is somebody that has become your best friend. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the background for that. Yeah. And that's a time of your life that was very difficult. The, to, the uh, darkest period of my life. So please, please tell that story and, and how Maggie helped you through that. So uh, this dog became instrumental in my life uh, after a little over a year, just over a year of, of marriage. I ended up marrying that, that longtime girlfriend who, you know, got engaged too, and she did move up here after after she finished up her college. I'd been here for a couple of years, and uh, yeah, I, I come home from work one day, and you know, she, we sit down to dinner. She's kindly made a, I believe it was it was ham, uh, as I remember, uh, and I could tell something was really wrong, and uh, I said, "What? Well, there's something the matter?" And she said, "Let's talk after dinner." I said, "Okay," but immediately that there goes my appetite. I can tell something's gravely wrong here. So finish up dinner and go over to the couch and sit down. And she proceeds to tell me uh, that she has been having an affair with her boss at her job, who is twice her age, and that she doesn't love me anymore. And that's that's that. So, you know, I'm 20. Can at that point, I was 27 years old. Can you eat ham anymore? <laughs> ham and I have reconciled. Okay. So, you know, it's, Jeez, it's, and it was, wow. Jared, I tell you, it was completely out of left field. I mean, there was no hint of this that I, I mean, 
in hindsight and with with the, the benefit of 2020 hindsight i can see a couple of caution flags but, but at the time you didn't see them but i could not see them at the time i was uh i suppose ignorantly happy and she clearly was not uh i had not done anything and she never never said i did anything mm-hmm. but it was you know whatever it was going on in her head she never talk to me about so you weren't ready for it you come home one day after work yeah you know there's bad news and then it's you get hit with the literal worst thing you can get hit with in a marriage so what happened so i i mean i i i'm devastated i i i I walk outside uh away from her earshot because she she runs off uh turns out to go Go be with him. So she leaves the house. She leaves, and I I get on the phone. I first I, I first I call my parents, who were equally shocked. They had like this this is a this is a woman that they'd welcomed into their family and that they loved and thought was super sweet, just like I had. And then I called her parents because I had a great relationship with them, my in laws. They were equally shocked. So they she hadn't spoken with them nope. about it before. This was so this okay. was a girl who, you know, in hindsight, just didn't could didn't or couldn't share her feeling and just couldn't talk about things yeah and that's they, that's real, been a lesson that i've taken forward with me is if thankfully my my wife now is is great about that but that's the thing that's if you're in a relationship with someone who won't t- talk about anything and everything with you on a very real level it's it's a caution flag i'm not saying your relationship is doomed i'm no expert but that was something that just I it, I was completely blindsided by. Yeah, Jared every and, relationship's different. I've been in a course. long marriage, but even in a long and uh, long-lasting marriage, there have been moments where things just shocked me or shocked Angie. And you you do you think you understand your life because you do to a point. You're in the middle of it. Of course you yeah. understand, but you never quite understand as much as you think yeah. you do. Uh, th- people do things you don't expect. People change in ways you don't fathom. I, I don't want to pretend I understand what happened to you there. I have never been through what you're describing. I cannot I, I don't wish. I don't wish it on anyone. And I had it relatively easy in the sense that I was still very young. It had only been a little over a year. There were no kids. There wasn't like a significant financial... But is it fair to say your heart was broken? Oh, I was I was broken, Jared, and I I immediately, which I'm so thankful that I had the the wisdom to do this. That I went right I went right to see a, a therapist and to to help sort of try and work my way through it. And that so you was, immediately enrolled in therapy. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. that's remarkably yeah, I went, mature. Went, went right into it, but then I also immediately hopped on like the online dating sites. To, to just start like, okay, well, I got to get back out there. And, and in high, through the therapy and through time, I learned, oh, well, that was, I was literally just trying to physically replace the void that wasn't there. And that's why none of those dates I went on ever worked. But, um, but did, anyway, so, so in did, that, did she leave the house? Yeah, she she went. She moved back to Arizona. So suddenly you're alone in the bedroom in San Francisco. And, and I, one of the first things, because I I had said, well, do you want to go to counseling and try and work the, work through this? And whether it was just the sheer guilt she was feeling or or whatever, I don't know. But she just said no, and which in in the long run was the best thing that could have happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so she was out of the picture. But before you know, one of the first things I said was, well, what about Maggie? And I was prepared to fight to the death for this dog. Mm-hmm. I would have. I would have gone to the mat. 
but fortunately she did not fight me and said, you know, Maggie will can stay with you. And, and so in I'm your, your, your entire waking life, Jared is, is you can't escape that when that happens to you. It's, it's always there. It's, it's a, it's a, a moment's thought away of, Oh, of this, she's gone. This, it, this happened. There's nothing I can do about it. The house must have seemed remarkably empty when you stepped out. I imagine you thought about going back and everything being different. When you were there, everything was different. When you went to bed, everything was different. Yeah, I can't and, even fathom what and that was so, like. When you were at work, I assume it's what you think about. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, when I would come home from work every day, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult emotionally. Just, again, day, moment to moment, day to day. But when you have this... This boxer who is thrilled to see you because she's home by herself all day. She's she had been properly crate trained and properly house trained where she would she was okay at home by herself through for the day. And then I would get home and she'd I mean, she she's obviously much older now. She doesn't do this so much now, but you know, she'd be just flipping out and so happy to see me. And and she, you know, I had to take her out and exercise her on every day and on weekends. And my life became, uh, I mean, Maggie became my, my pillar of stability. Mm -hmm. This thing that, this, 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 uh, life force that, that just helped keep me from, from really just completely losing myself into a, into a, a pit of depression. I mean, she, it was. Well, she's unabashedly loved Exactly. You. And, uh, and, you know. Every weekend we would go out. We'd, I mean, I would, we'd spend all day outside together, yeah. going out on walks and park, dog parks, and all kinds of stuff. And because she's high energy, she has. She to burn needed that it. Off I and, had to do it, and it was so. And, for, instead of sitting it, around the house and brooding, right, you're out, right, constantly. and it just, it just strengthened this bond that was already there. To the, I mean, I really, genuinely believe, and uh, that I, I would not have. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I probably wouldn't have been able to rebuild myself on an emotional level nearly as quickly without, like, I'm sure I probably would have been able to get there in time, but this dog was instrumental in, in keeping my head above water on, it, from a sanity and, and emotional health perspective. Is it an exaggeration to say that you wouldn't be who you are right now without her? That's not an exaggeration okay. at all. That's, that's... Uh, because Jared, uh, that leads right into one of the best things. Uh, again, in hindsight, as crazy as it is, and we'll there, we'll come to a version of this later. This this theme again. Yeah. That horrible thing that happened to me mm -hmm. ended up being the best thing that could have ever ever mm -hmm. happened to me. Well, your life has changed a yeah. great deal since but, then. So Maggie, uh, now one of the reasons Maggie was able to do that is because she had. Uh, she had some pretty keen emotional talents. Yes, it turned out that you were yeah, really and first made aware of in a first-person perspective. Then that became a very important part of both of your identities. Right, afterward, where I think. where I was going with that, and where you're taking me with that is, I got to a point where we were out, we're doing, and I and I got to this point where I'd been in therapy and I'd been trying to work through it, and I, I kind of I got to this point where I thought I need to do something. I have to. I can't just like I've I've got to do something to try and kickstart my life again to try and you know just just be a normal human as much as I can be. Mm -hmm. And I'd read 
a, 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 an article in the, the local free paper that they always throw in your driveway about about a, a, a therapy dog program, a pet-assisted therapy program on the peninsula it, right in San Mateo, which is where I was living at the time. And I'd read this article about, oh, there's these dogs that are, are trained and they go to hospitals and they visit with, with patients to try and, you know, just brighten up their day and yeah. take their mind off of things or they're going to nursing homes to to again same thing just you know a little bright extra bright spot and in, in a day and uh there was also a there's a reading program where uh, where even more highly trained dogs would be would go to libraries or schools and kids that that might be lagging a little behind in their reading level because they have anxiety uh reading in front of their classmates would go one-on-one -on -one with the dog and the dog's a yep. a non-judgmental calming influence and it would help them pick their reading level back up and i thought maggie is such a people dog maggie yeah. loves everyone there is she's never barked at anyone she's never bit anyone she's never growled at anyone this is a people dog and i thought that's that's it we can do that. I mean, she was only two at the time, so right. she's still a puppy, and she's a maniac, right? In a in the lovable boxer way. But she'd already demonstrated to she'd you already the demonstrated extraordinary it. yes level so, of love. So you're like, let's get let's let's do this training. So together, I looked Maggie. into it, yeah. and it was a six week training course on top of the because we'd already done the puppy kindergarten, and then I'd actually done another intermediate training course right. after that. So we kind of. We had our foundation laid from a training perspective. That's yeah. the good news. So we do the the. It's a canine good citizen course. That's okay. the. It's that's the official designation. It's a six week course. We go through it. At the end of the course is a ten step test, mm -hmm. of which the dog must pass all ten steps, lest they fail. Yeah. Any single one will fail the dog. And I thought, okay. I think it's maybe 50-50 because she's so young. Yeah, she, she's, she's getting so into young. this early. She's two, uh, and if we don't make it, it's okay. We'll try again next year. We'll come back at it. But she passes. Right. She passes the test. And we end up, yeah, we, we started by being assigned to an, uh, an, a, 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 an assisted living facility, which I saw firsthand the benefits of – there was a particular patient there named Jeffrey who, who was uh, couldn't really speak, had a had sort of motor skill issues, was in a wheelchair. Um, his he didn't have great use of his hands, uh -huh. uh, full dexterity of his hands. And when we started, the 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 director there had warned me, "Oh yeah, Jeffrey, he's he's don't worry, you know it's." Because we would just visit with whoever wanted to visit. You know, we wouldn't force ourselves on to visit with anyone, certainly. And Jeffrey would literally, he would wheel his chair in the opposite direction when we would come in the door. But over time, it took about a year. It got to a point where slowly he stopped wheeling away. And then eventually we, we came over to him. And one day, and it, I, I, it, I welled up when this finally, he, he, he actually put his hand down as best he could. And started petting her, and that's when I thought, "Wow, this is there's something. This is real. This let, is a real thing." Let me ask you something. Maggie was there for you. She was there for him. Yeah. What was it like for you, Ryan, to go from needing people to also being able to be a part of helping people? Well, in that? 
that's that's why I'm so glad that because I I tell you Jared without that divorce I don't think we would have ever gone into the therapy dog program mm-hmm. and we have in she's been a therapy dog now for eight years the bulk of her life yep. and we have and I don't pretend that I'm doing some sort of heroic work by any stretch oh. but I will but what I will say I just want to you know caveat that there are, but we have we've met so many kids and adults so many people who've maybe just had a just a moment of positive interaction that maybe Maggie has helped brighten their day just a little bit uh, and Ryan I, I'm gonna go hyperbolic for a moment I can speak with with absolute sincerity there's somebody in my life who I truly believe that without the help of support therapy and care animals and, and those are all different things yeah but without those services and without those animals there's a person that i love dearly that i'm not sure would be alive right now um i i realize that sounds very extreme but i can think of a specific instance in my life where somebody i care about a lot i believe their life was saved by uh by by an animal wow Uh, and i absolutely believe in the power of therapy animals to to change people's lives and so yeah you know I when I I went into it thinking this would be great for Maggie because uh, boxers, by the way, Jared are a working breed. Yeah, there are there are classes of dogs. Maggie's in the working breed, which right. means it's good for them to have a job. It yep. gives their brain something to do, and she knows if I when I say. You, you know, I don't know if she's going to react now, but if I say you want to go to your job, like she'll, I mean, oh, her so ears kind of right twitch there, there but yeah, she knows but up. she knows. And so I knew, you know, for me, for me, doing the 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 therapy dog work was about. I try to be a good person, Jared. I try to be yeah. a, a decent person who uh, who is is polite and kind uh, and respectful to other people. But you know, I. I'd never volunteered my time or really given anything back to society and or a community sure. in any in any real meaningful way, and so I thought that this was the perfect way for me to finally, for you know, it'd be good for Maggie. It'd yeah. be great for the people Maggie's going to meet with, but it would also be a way that I could be more than just a drain on society's resources. That I could actually that I could contribute something, even just, again, a little something. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm a soldier fighting for our country overseas, but, but, but just it'd be a way for me to give some a little something back to society. And so it's just a win-win-win for That's me, marvelous. Jared. It's it's a win for me. It's a win for Maggie. It's a win for the people that Maggie meets. It's inspiring. I, 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 I don't want it to sound trite, but the fact is is that discovering that, that the opportunity to help others helps us, um, that, that it feeds a part of who we are yeah. need to be that enriches our lives even as rich as theirs. That's that's absolutely lovely. I'm going to go on a fast tangent before we move to the next part of the story. Please. You told me uh, an anecdote. Let's just quickly go to this. You talked about you and uh, Maggie getting caught in a snowstorm. Yeah, you told so me this about is this off, off camera. And I yeah. just wanted to hear about it. This is a wild story that just again sort of further solidified the bond that uh, it was. I every year, particularly well after the divorce, I would I would just drive over the Christmas break down from from the Bay Area to Arizona where my parents still live and I would just 
bring Maggie with me because, of course, you know, she's it's just me and her. Yeah. We'd bring her down and stay with my parents, just bring relax for the week. Exactly. So we'd get in the car, and it's a it's about a 11 or so hour drive. And so we're down there, and then we're on the way back. So it's, I would come back, you know, right in time for the start of work again. So it's, you know, it's January 2nd or January 3rd that I'm yeah. driving back, right after New Year's. And some context for people that don't know the setting. We're going to talk about Los Angeles. Understand that Los Angeles is like the kingdom of Mordor. It's like this flat plain surrounded by this wall of impenetrable mountains. Right. Uh, so north of L.A. is a mountainous area called the Grapevine. Yeah. So you've got to go up and over and through it to get in or out of L.A., but between L.A. and San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm coming, you know, I, I'm, I come from Phoenix, and, and I finally I, I come on to I-5, Interstate 5 North, and I get to the Grapevine, which is, you know, pretty comes happens pretty quickly and these are desert mountains and it starts snowing jared there is i'm like what is this this is crazy it's snowing and it so i'm like okay well i mean traffic slowed down but we're moving so it starts to it slows down more and more and more and finally the the authorities have closed i-5 closed the the pass because the mountain pass is too dangerous it's too bad up there uh, I would come to find out via a TV news report, this is a literal once-in-a-generation snowstorm, like once in 25 years. Yeah. So they, they close the, the I-5, and you have a choice. Do you go to the coast, or you can go sort of inland a little bit, and I'm looking at a map trying to think, okay, I can go over there and then just go around this and get back to the 5. Now, this is the amazing part. You look, I have done the same route he's about to talk about here i did it for different reasons in good weather and i thought on the map it looked like oh i'm just going to go out into the desert it'll be nice and flat no this is a horrible narrow awful desert mountain road that turns out which i didn't know right on the map it looks safe yeah and then you go out there like where am i and why did i go this way i I grew up in the mountains (laughs) i i grew up in the east coast mountains i'm used to snow and ice and dangerous places and I'd never. You should not go here, even if you're used to it. <laughs> I had never driven in snow before. Oh my god! Never driven in snow must or before. Must have been horrifying. And I've got my car, Jared. Is it was my at the time it was my I like to call it my sort of single guy mobile. It wasn't the DeLorean, but it was a, a, a rear wheel drive car uh, with these low profile sport tires on it. Yeah. Not intended for snow no. at all. So you're driving a so radio I, flyer. So uh. yeah. So I just I I chose ultimately I chose yeah. completely wrong. Yeah. I should have gone to the coast. But you didn't know. I you didn't look know at that map. You just kept I didn't telling. know. So I go east. I go go that way, and I, and it's taken me up through more mountains. Uh, yeah. To try and get back to flat land and get around this thing, and it starts snowing more and more and more and more, and it's night at this point. It yeah. has gotten dark, and it's to the point where. Uh, there's so much snow you can barely see in front of you. I've never seen anything like this. And a rem- reminder, I'm just outside of Los Angeles where yeah. this does not happen. Which means nobody else around nobody you Nobody knows what to do, including me. And my car, I start, you know, I'm going very slow, but I'll tap the brakes and I start to slide. You learned about braking in the snow. Start to slide. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to like, can I make this? Is this going to yeah. happen? And I get to a point where the snow still, con- I, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't. I have to turn around. You made the right choice. I turned around and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to I'm going to try and get get back to the coast, but I can't even get down the mountain, Jared, because it's it's gotten too bad too quickly, 
and I so I, I did you did you ever experience that thing where your car turns into a giant sled? Oh yeah, yeah. Like you're like, oh, I'm on a mountain, yep. and it's just going to go down now. Yeah, I'm so I, glad I was, you're alive. Right I'm now, shocked honestly. that I didn't hit anything, either yeah. another car or the like the because the mountain's literally one edge of the road, exactly. and the cliff is the other edge. Yep. And it's it's amazing that that I didn't damage the car in North any way. North Carolina represent. That's right. So I just said, okay, the first <laughs> turnout that I see on the way back down, I have to just take it and wait this out. Yeah. And I had some snacks with me. I had all my clothing, you know, because I I had packed. You know, I was in Arizona for a week and a half or two weeks. Yeah. I had I had stuff with me. I can build a blanket had, fort and survive the winter. I had dog food. Okay. For her. What's she think of so, this whole thing? She doesn't. I don't think she knows at this point. Yeah, but, just kind of like. Huh. But I, I, I find the turnout. I pull out, and I just park the car. And there's, I have no cell signal in the mountains. Yeah. But occasionally, I can kind of get something. So I call uh, my girlfriend at the time, who had been together for a bit, but we hadn't been together long enough where she'd come with me on this trip. Yeah. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have driven in the first place. But so I, I get a hold of her, and. I, I just just managed to get a call out and just explain the situation, and I said I just have to wait this out. And she says, she she says okay, I'm gonna try to do what I can. She has AAA, a AAA yeah. membership. She calls AAA, explains the situation, but all the tow truck drivers are are booked. They're all getting other yeah, people. Other she people, can't right. find anyone to come get me. She finally gets a hold of somebody who can come get me. The tow truck driver finds me. But it's so bad, he says, I can't get the car out of here tonight. Oh, okay. So get it, come with me. So Maggie and I get in his cab. She's sitting on my lap with just like our one bag of necessary so stuff. So it's you, Maggie, and the tow truck driver. And the up tow there truck the driver, and he's inching us. He's getting us back down. My car is sitting in a turnout on a mountain getting snowed in. Yeah. And he says, we'll, we'll see if we can get you out of there tomorrow. Yeah. Because uh, again, it's not like the East Coast where there's disaster relief for snow. There, there are no plows just sitting around waiting to fix things. So and so he gets me. There's, there's like two hotels in this town. Yeah. I wish I could remember what town it was, yeah. but I don't recall. It's just right where they'd close the grapevine, the the, the freeway. So the, the hotels are all booked because yeah, right. people, you know, the roads closed. People go, okay, well, I'm going to book a room and stay the night. I, I by the time I got the to wise it, have already claimed the beds for the so night. I get in there I get in the hotel <laughs> you know the tow truck driver drops me off and and I just I just there's no room so I said okay well I I just I slept in the lobby hmm. I slept as which I could barely sleep you know I've yeah she, you're sitting Ma in the lobby of Maggie the was on top of me not unlike she is now and we're just we're huddled together in a hotel lobby without a car. Uh, I, I got about two hours of sleep in the morning. The tow truck driver, who was such a nice guy, he he comes back to get me. The sun, thankfully, has come out. He brings me up. It's the snow has melted enough that I can. He get he, he he. We get the car down, and then I finally I'm a, I go to the coast. I go to the coast because uh, I have learned the right I, path. Well, I think the the grapevine was still closed yeah, at that point, so I I go closed. to the coast. And I work my way, you know, it's, it's at this point, obviously the long way home. And, it, and I was so exhausted because I'd barely slept in that hotel lobby where I, at one point, sometime close-ish, you know, on my way back to the, to the Bay Area, I actually had to turn off the road and I had to nap for like two hours. Cause I, I physically, I'm glad you did that. It's good you stopped and slept. I physically could, like my eyes, I'm driving, my eyes were yeah. closing, but, but Maggie was, again, 
she she literally she, I mean she kept me warm yeah in this and this freezing it, so up just another her. another scenario of where she and I bonded over this over this horrible the, experience the two, the two of you together and no it's wonderful it's she, just us. so she helps you through this process and you've entered into a new phase in your life your life has changed a lot since all these things yeah. happened but around the same time that things began to take a much better turn for you as Maggie aged, things took not so great a turn for her. So everything's great for a while. I'm happily married now to a much better human being than I was married to before. I've got a kid who's great, and Maggie's been great. We've been. So doing, you have a family now. All we've been, together. yeah. It's all of us, and we've Maggie. We've been, you know, we've continued our therapy dog work ever since. As I said, we're at eight years now, which I'm so happy that we're still doing it, and that Maggie still likes it, and people still like seeing us, and um, you know, at 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 seven she was diagnosed with a with a, a heart arrhythmia which i'm lucky i caught it very early she had stumbled out she had she had i was brushing my teeth one morning right after she turned seven so this is three years ago and she starts coughing and coughing and then topples over and starts twitching and i thought she's having a seizure oh my come to find out she's got a, a heart arrhythmia but I'm Which so, is not uncommon for the breed, it's, right? It's called boxer cardiomyopathy, this okay. particular, because it's it's common to them. And but I'm so thankful. Again, it with it, there there. It's odd. Her whole life, and my whole life too. There've always been these these rays of light in these dark times. In this case, if I hadn't, if I had already left for work and this had happened, yeah, I never would have known about it. Uh, and I, she might have ended up like her sister. The one the breeder kept that I originally had my eye on, she got a much, much worse version of that heart condition, and she actually didn't make it past seven. Wow. So, so it could have happened if you hadn't been this, there because then she was I, able to get treatment. We got treatment, and, and she is she still gets treatment, which is very expensive, but she's worth every penny. And, and so that heart condition is well under control. So, you know, things have been great overall. You know, it's but then, uh, but then, yeah. I, just just a couple months ago, I'm, I'm, it was uh, after one of the games of the World Series, five or six. I'd watch was watching the World Series that that crazy Cubs World Series, and Ooh. Uh, I come out to go. You know, it's time for bed, and Maggie has a has a dog bed out in the the hallway by our door, you know, just outside of my view, out, out of my office where my where I was watching TV, and and I go out there and I see I look over, and you know, she's kind of licking herself as she actually she's just been doing here the last few minutes <laughs> as dogs do. But I look over and it's dark, but I see there's blood all over the walls around her. Oh. And she's and I see there's blood coming from her mouth. And I'm like, oh man, this is not good. So I clean everything up and I'm looking and I'm trying to find like and I I, I kinda of try to look start to look in her mouth to see like is there a has she bit her tongue? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And she collapses into my arms. So that's when I start to freak out and think, okay, well, time to go to emergency. So I go there, and it's about twelve or one in the morning, and they see I come in, and I've there's bl- I've got blood all over me yeah. because she's bleeding, and she's you know she doesn't she's like her gums are pale and she doesn't like she doesn't look well. Yeah. So they blood they they, they, they immediately yeah. come and get get her into triage and. And they the, the the vet on call comes in and 
and tells me like three different points in the conversation. You know, there's like, we're going to do tests, but you should know this is probably really bad. Like she was in her very humane but professional way was basically trying to tell me that this might be it. Yeah. This might be it. Maggie's back with me and she's explaining to me, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do x-rays. We're going to do blood work. Cause they're looking for tumors in there. Like yeah. why, why is this dog? Why is there just blood coming out of this dog? Yeah. Is there, is there a tumor in her stomach and or, you know, what is this? So I said, we're going to do these tests. Uh, and so they leave, they leave and it's just us in the room because they're prepping things before they come back together. And during that time when it's just her and I in the waiting room, she kind of leans up and just vomits blood. Ugh. Just and I and that's and I so I that's when I really started to lose it, and I I sort of poke my head out and I just, can someone please please help us? Uh, and so they they take her back and they start the tests and and I'm in the go to the waiting room and I had let my wife know. I told her I had just told her like she was asleep and I told her I, I got to take her. There's and she, you know, she's like, okay, it, you want me? And, you know, we, we she's got to stay there because we got yeah. our daughter. And and so I call her and wake her up. And I tell her and I start, I'm just hysterical at this point because it's, I I think this is it. They've yeah. I, I don't, th- this is what's happening. And I don't, I don't know if I'm going to come home with a dog. You know, I think this could be it. And, and I'm crying and I'm hysterical. And she's just shocked because this is just out of nowhere. And then, uh, so that they come out and they say, "Well, her blood work's fine, and her, the X-rays Not what you were fine." To hear. Okay. Every, so we're gonna keep her overnight, and then we're gonna do an ultrasound in the morning because they want to look like for tumors in her lungs. So was that a relief, or just like, "Will someone please tell me well, why my dog is vomiting blood?" It was. Like, it was a good first sign, okay. right? I'm like, okay. And they said the internal medicine specialist, they, they wanted to do an endoscope, through, do a camera down her throat, into her stomach, and down into her intestines. They, again, looking for tumors, yep. looking for ulcers, looking for some sort of cause of this. But they don't find any of that. They don't. They, all they find is her stomach and intestines just coated, filled with blood that's not supposed to be but there. But no source. So they, they pump all that out, and they can't find anything. So it's gone from... We've gone, Jared, from me thinking she's going to die yeah. to, oh, she's passed all her tests. And then they, they actually tell me, well, the camera, nothing down there. This is this could just be a, a bowel, uh, di- I think they said like bowel disease, but we can treat that with medicine. Yeah. So it's gone from she's going to die to, oh, this was super scary, but she's totally going to be fine, to then... They, they're, you know, they've kept her overnight, and they said, we'll call you if anything happens. Yeah. I get a call. So I'm like, Uh-oh. oh, no. And they say, the, the internal medicine specialist who'd done the camera down, her, down inside her, it says, I, uh, I noticed her mouth start to bleed a little bit more as I was wrapping up for the day. So I grabbed the oral surgeon... Uh-huh. And we lightly sedated her, and we looked, and they found the cause of it, which was a massive lesion on the underside of her tongue. Basically, think of it, if you took a teaspoon of acid and just poured it on your arm, it would create like this burning hole. Yeah, just a hole, a hole. In, your, in your tissue of your body. Yes. 
So that's and what that's was under. I have her mouth. Yeah, and they're like they have. There's they're asking me. They're, like there's no idea where this has come from. Right. No idea. Uh, and so the the internal the 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 oral surgeon who had who was there consulting with this says. I'm pretty sure that's squamous cell carcinoma, which is a mouth cancer. Right. And that she would have weeks or months to live because we can't treat, we can't cut out her tongue. Yeah. It's too big. Like we can't, so that, that would be it. Yeah. And so you're, and, and then the here, other, yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, the, but then the internal medicine specialist says, I've seen lesions like this that aren't cancerous. So, I had to come to work the next day while yeah. I'm waiting for these. They took a biopsy. They're, they biopsied it. And so that's when I'm in limbo. I'm at work, and I've told the story to everybody at work. And in my head, I thought I had a 40-60 chance based on what these two doctors had told me. Yeah. I thought I had a 40% chance that it wasn't cancer and a 60% chance that it was. That's just where my head was. It's, Friday, it's the end of the week, though, and the doctor says... If I can't call you, I will email you the results like over the weekend if they yeah. come in. I get an email on Saturday. Not cancer. I start crying at my computer. Are those the start two best crying. words in English? I think so. Not cancer. I think yeah. so. <laughs> I think so. And <sighs> so so I still, you know, okay, so we still got to figure out what to do, but she's not going to die. So she's not going to die, Jared. She's not going to die. And the discovery of what it was, which took a while longer. Uh, how, how long was it between the time you guys found the lesion and the time you found the cause? Ultimately? Well, so he, the internal, he, I come back in and see him and he puts her on some prednisone, a steroid to yeah. try and shrink the damn thing. Right. Just to try and get rid of it that way. And we, we do soft food diet, nothing hard. I take away all the hard toys yeah. just to try to keep anything from aggravating this. So after a month, we follow up. It's a little better, but it's still there. So, okay. I, he says, all right, keep going on the prednisone for another month, but I want you to see the oral surgeon because right. this is now we know this is a mouth issue yeah. and he's an internal medicine specialist. So I say, okay. So I see her. Uh, this, it's now been two months. So two, almost two months to the day. So things are a little bit, and I assume I'm going to go in and she's going to look under her tongue and we're probably going to keep doing the steroid. Yeah. But no, she looks at her and says, oh, well, she's asking me all the questions. Where did this, how did this happen? You know, did she eat this? Did she chew this? No, 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 no. Right. So she looks at her and sees that Maggie has her bottom front teeth are very, very small. Some dogs that are a little more pronounced, hers are pretty small. But she sees that a couple of them have are actually broken. Who knows how that happened? Maybe it was right. on a hard toy. She's got a couple of broken little teeth. So she says, well, in the absence of any other evidence, I think her just dragging her tongue, because this dog, as you yeah. you know, Jared, yes. big-time tongue dog here. She is a tongue dragger. T she, lick, she licks everybody. She's the, very active with she the tongue. She will walk up to you, even if she's not licking you, she'll just look you in the face and kind of, like, look you in the face, not lick you. Sometimes you'll lick, but sometimes she'll look and just... 
without touching you. She'll just lick yeah. at you. She, like, and she's it's been, adorable. I'll tell you, she's been like that since the day I brought her home. Yeah. That's just her MO. That's how she I is. I wouldn't have it any other uh, way. And so she says, well, I think in the absence of anything else, just dragging her tongue going over these jagged teeth h- hundreds of times a day yeah. is what's Maybe if it didn't cause it, it's what's keeping it from Exacer- healing. Exacerbating it. Yeah. So she says, let's go in, let's extract those teeth, and we'll... Uh, she also has... Boxers get a thing called gingival overgrowth, where over time, their gums actually start to grow over their teeth. Yeah. Uh, she's actually had them had that trimmed back once before. So she says, let's... While we're in there, if there's time... Because she's a 10-year-old dog with a heart condition, so anesthesia is inherently dangerous. Right. She says, if there's time, so we're going to go in and we're going to take those teeth out. And if there's time, we'll also trim back those gums. And if there's still time, if she stands strong under that anesthesia, we'll clean her teeth too. Said, so that's expensive. The estimate was thirty-seven to $4,900. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, but I say, well, I mean, yes, let's... Yes, I will figure this out somehow. Yeah, because you think that's finally going to end the suffering. They get in, they get in, and they do X-rays of her mouth, which I learned later that the other times she in her life that she's had dental cleanings, they don't X-ray the, the teeth; they just go in and clean them, and that's it. Yeah, they X-ray her mouth, and they find a literal mouthful of problems, Jared. Yeah. Not through any lack of care on of my course. part, but she has extra teeth. For some reason, as I'm sure, I guess some people probably do yeah. too. Extra teeth, which are causing problems with the teeth that are supposed to be there. There, she has unerupted molars that just never came up through. She has other little broken teeth, but that broke under the gum line. So there's these floating, they say, infected roots yep. under there. She has one molar that's turned 90 degrees the wrong way. She has some. Just other bad teeth that are there because she's there. A couple of them were like basically just floating on the gums, effectively. Yeah. So, all these crazy mouth problems. And if you know dogs, Jared, you know that oral care is so important because if you don't take care of your dog's teeth, it really can lead to other diseases and other problems Absolutely. later in life. It can lead to other infections. Yes. It can lead to malnutrition. It yes. can lead to, yeah, all kinds so of things. I'm le- so, this is, she's still under. So I'm meeting face-to-face with the doctor, and I'm thinking, if she wants to see me, this isn't a great sign. Yeah. We can't do all this in one surgery because these extractions, all this takes too long. She's too old with her heart condition. She's already been under for four hours. That's it. Yeah. That's all we can safely do. So basically, it's we can fix this, but it's going to cost twice as much. Yep. We have to do a second surgery. So I said, Okay. So now you're looking at an enormous amount of an money. An enormous amount of money. Now, obviously, this is your friend. You care. You, you want to spend the money. I would do anything. But, but that's it. I don't have that much money. Exactly. I, li- I physically, literally don't have that kind that of money, That becomes Jared. the problem, right. And so I'm telling the story at work to all, all the kind souls at work. And they all know Maggie. You know, they all love Maggie. And and uh, Alana Pierce, our, our, uh, she's been there about a year now, our, our Australian import, who yeah. is our toy and culture editor, she has a dog back in Australia that she wasn't able to bring here. She's a big, big dog person. And yes, she is. She's, uh, she says, listen, uh, I've set up a GoFundMe for you because, because I, you know, I didn't know what I, I start. I was tweeting about it. Yeah. 
because I always tweet about Maggie. I, she's Isn't and and it people fun when people surprise you with a GoFundMe. And yeah, and and people because I I was tweeting about what was going on. This is before the GoFundMe. I'm tweeting like right. Here's what's because I you know I'd already I'd already been telling people oh she's going in for her follow up. We'll yeah. hopefully fix this tongue lesion. All of my my the kind people that follow me had already been up to speed on this whole yeah. story, and so I'm I'm continuing to give updates, and I and I tell people I I say hey it's get the, here's the crazy thing that happened with these X-rays and all these other problems, but we I got to do it. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, and so many and I you know I truly Jared I wasn't fishing. I wasn't fishing for of course not for anything. No, I was you, just sharing. It's this. part of what you do. It's a part of your life. Yeah, it's part of your and, vocation. That's and, that's your your literal job is to be a person that other people can relate with. And a whole bunch of people start replying. Such the kind you know, Twitter. So often it's you know you think about the bad stuff on Twitter, but there there's so many good people there out are. there, and a, a lot of people just say. Set up a GoFundMe. I'll contribute. I want to help. And and Jared, it's you know, games media is a very. I mean, I think any media these days, but certainly our world is is very. You have to be very careful in everything you do, and even if you mean well, just the appearance of something of can damn you, can ruin you, can destroy you. And so I I I'm was just very very leery of. Of asking my audience, mm-hmm. my the IGN fans for money. I mean, you know, I I have the Patreon, but that's of course that's in support of a, of work that I do. But I was worried that people would still not see that distinction and think, well, you have that Patreon, just use that. You know, it's so it's just you know you you go through all these steps in your head because. You, it, you go through those steps only to discover one of your friends has already done it and well, that a you know, generous so, group of people have come and, pouring and in from every exactly direction. Exactly right. And, <laughs> because and, people want to help and the they people were, they love. And you are so hard on yourself, but you're good at what you do. And people care about you and appreciate and, it. And that was, I mean, it was it was amazing, Jared. In in 24 hours, I think it was actually less, the, the a full amount that was needed was, was funded. And in fact... The good news is, much to my surprise, when you when you took, take her in for the surgery, they give you an estimate of it or a range rather. It could be this or up to this, depending on if we need this medicine during yeah. the procedure. That right. medicine is you never actually know what you're paying ahead and, of time. I've learned that they bill Lord, you up that. front for the higher end <laughs> and then refund you if it's less. So it ended up somehow being closer to the lower end of their estimate so the the gofundme had been set up by alana with the higher amount in yep. mind and i and i told her well let's just put in there so now that you said just put in there well she, maggie's a therapy dog with the spca yep. let's donate any extra money above and beyond what she needs for these medical procedures let's donate it to the spca because they do great work you know yes they, they do they help san francisco in particular is very big about you know trying to help get dogs out of kill shelters and you know, all these things that, you know, any SPCA in any town is, is a great organization. And so I said, well, let's any extra money. If this, if it so happens, let's just donate it there. And so in resolution, Maggie here now mouth healing. Yes. Post-surgery. Yes. A very large check going to the SPCA yes. on behalf of these incredible on donors. On behalf of the IGN community. You and your best friend, 
back together and no longer terrified, a community reaching out and warming your heart and reminding you of the good that the exists good in, in humanity. people and alongside the, the, the wickedness and vitriol of the internet exists yeah. a core of marvelous human beings yeah, that and, just want to help each other. I Again, I know this firsthand. You, when I when my life fell apart, you came out for me in ways I can't. I'll never be able to repay. Well, you um, deserve it. I, 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 I was. Sh I learned about Maggie's uh, GoFundMe um, when it was pretty much ex post facto. Like it was. <laughs> I, I was shocked by how quickly it, things happened. You but and I should I have well. been shocked and, because people are extraordinary. And, and here's the beautiful thing too: is so she has way fewer teeth now, yeah. but she has enough to live a normal, healthy life. Yep. The gums are all like basically. The gums are all trimmed back, and the teeth that the healthy teeth that are there have all been cleaned. They look great. And I asked uh, when so when when she went in for the second surgery, just it was two weeks between surgery one and surgery two, solely to let her mouth heal a little yeah. bit. And in that time, uh, the, the 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 tongue lesion has almost completely healed already, right. just from removing those jagged teeth in that in that oh, first surgery. Great. So, so again, that re revisiting that theme of of dark of a bright light in dark times, Jared. Yeah. This this whole ordeal from the blood all over the walls to the to everything, all, thinking my dog was going to die, uh, it was it was harrowing and stressful and terrifying to go through. But in the end, she is not only okay. But we discovered all these other problems, yeah. and the, the the community helped fix those problems, and she's now great. And to boot, Jared, she underwent so many tests when they were trying to figure all this out that we now know there there's nothing else wrong with her. She's got a clean bill. There's of nothing health. else wrong with her. I mean, I'd, she, I'd say she's feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Maggie, okay. All right, Maggie's Maggie. Me know she he's trying to conduct me. an interview, you Maggie. Know what? All right, come on. I, I think this is the best possible thing that could happen in this interview. Oh, Ryan. Man. She's going to keep going. Oh, Why don't, you got to, so wait, what what what's the part of, are we going to do the pockets full of soup part of the show? Yeah, we're going to do the instant here, noodles Maggie. here in a second. Come here. So we'll oh. back. Guys, come thank here. you, Ryan, for oh. sharing the story of this oh. wonderful, wonderful creature that you're <laughs> thankful for. Yeah, that was, for those of you listening, that was a full on licking right there. Like a person. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go to instant noodles now. But first, I want to thank our Patreon producers, uh, Nick Rie, Robert Nieder. You guys, thank you. You just keep the show going. All of you who give on Patreon, you make an enormous difference in my life. Thank you so very much. Thank you for uh, for all the things you enable me to do. Thank you for letting the show go on. It's something I really, really enjoy doing, and you make that happen. Bless you all. Uh, Pocketsville Soup Facebook group, likewise. If you're not a member of that group, please join. Um, it, it's just a delightfully friendly group of people. It doesn't cost anything to do. It's just meeting some nice folks. Uh, you can go to our Facebook group. Just search for it there. I have a good time there. You want to mail the show with people or things you're thankful for, animals perhaps, mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. Tell us, you know, I'd love to hear your animal stories uh if you want to share them with us try to keep them short please but uh, i'd love to hear stories about the special animal friends in your life the creatures that have made a difference again that's mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com and if you're watching on youtube do consider pledging to this man's patreon he is uh this jared petty is literally 
the kindest person I've ever met. You will not meet a kinder, sweeter, gentler human, better human being who, who, uh, you know, every little bit helps. He's, this is a man who, as you all know, his life was, uh, irrevocably changed by, uh, a, 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 a literal criminal who, who committed a criminal act with a deadly weapon in the form of a 4,000 pound car and, and changed his family's life forever. And those, those bills will never go away. So every yeah, little no, bit on Patreon helps. Please, you, you've all helped please consider uh, donating if you don't already. You're, you're very kind, Ryan. Um, people have been extraordinarily generous. And yeah, things are... Thank you. You really have helped a lot. Um, I, I mean that. I, I don't mean to be... F- to, to fake humble or anything. It is... You guys really have helped me a lot. And you let me live a dream now doing this. Bless you for that. Yeah, let's uh, let's instant noodle this up, Ryan. Okay, this uh, is the part I'm not at all prepared for. That's really okay. That's a whole idea <laughs> of instant noodles. Um, you want to sit up, Max? Just a series of random questions. <laughs> got her head buried um, in the couch. We always we always start with this user submitted question. Okay, or user submitted. Listen to me, community submitted. Uh, I always say user submitted. I guess that's too too long in, in our industry. But uh, what is best sandwich? <laughs> Ooh, uh, oh, rest in peace, Merrigan Sub Shop. Meat, meatball sub is the literal their meatball sub uh was literally the liza i i wish i remembered her last name the the owner and proprietor I, if you're somehow out there liza the literal best sandwich i've ever had in my life they did have a killer meatball sub. oh my goodness americans was right across the street from ign and they did have re- they also they had cheer wine in a glass bottle and they had really good sandwiches but yes. uh, americans closed a couple of months yeah. ago yeah this is not the first time Merrigan's has come up on uh, on Pockets Full I'm Soup. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, the me- Merrigan's meatball sub. What's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? <laughs> Loud. Loud. Okay. There we go. I, you know, I think you're actually kind of dulcet. I, like, I, I think you have a great radio voice. I've said that before, but I really, that. it's very well cultivated. Um, how far are the Diamondbacks uh, going this year? We. So, the good news is the well let me let me phrase it optimistically a smart person with a smart team a smart staff is now running the team gentleman by the name of mike hazen hired away from the boston red sox so very much in a transitional kind of rebuilding phase right now nobody's gonna stop the dodgers or the giants in in the national league west which is the diamondbacks division but I think they've got a decent shot at third place. You know, they're probably not going to the playoffs this year, maybe next, but they're smart people are in place to try and build this thing up the right way. And that I am thankful for because it's been five years in a wasteland of the literal worst major league executives you could ever (laughs) possibly have on your team in the form of Kevin Towers, thank God he was fired, and uh, Dave Stewart, who's thank God he's gone too. You, you and I, you and I live the lives of of baseball fans in pain. I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan. <laughs> you guys have been competitive the last. We've few been years. competitive the last few years. It's good. It, it, it's a welcome change. Uh, yes, it, it had been a while there. Been uh, to, I've been to Camden Yards once, and it's an amazing ballpark. Phenomenal place. It's really cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. Uh, Actually, I think I've seen the Diamondbacks play, but only in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've seen them play. Uh, ugliest uniforms in baseball. That, um, unequivocally, I I I have ripped them incessantly on social media. Those uniforms, they are terrible, and they need to go back to just the two thousand one purple. It's you know, they're just 
there is there is a something of a history there. The stuff that they're wearing now is embarrassing. It makes them look sweaty. Yeah, I agree with it's that. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite flavor? Ice cream. Uh, I'm a I'm I'm a vanilla guy. Believe it or not, just a good a nice vanilla. Although I can't eat ice cream. Oh. I have a dairy allergy. Okay. So I I take if I wait long enough. Mm-hmm. Like if I kind of make sure my system is clean uh, on the dairy, I'll I'll I can have like an In-N-Out cheeseburger or a, or a pizza. Like cheeses, I'll go for. But ice cream is out of the picture. I, I can't eat ice cream, unfortunately. But back in the day, yeah, back in the vanilla. day, it was plain vanilla. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a, you're not the first plain vanilla we've gotten. Actually, somebody answered McDonald's soft serve vanilla not too long wow. ago. That's uh, well, probably some fond childhood memories associated yeah. with that. I would imagine. Well, nostalgia does ex- it does definitely affect what we taste. Yes, I mean, I, uh, what ratatouille? Like that's the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right? With, uh, did you like that movie? I love that film. Yeah, great film. I love it too. What's uh, what's the best movie you've seen this year? I have I watched anything this year? Yeah, it's 2017. Well, that's okay. What's the best movie you've seen since this time last year? Uh, okay. probably either Rogue One or Moana. Okay. Both phenomenal. Tell me about Moana. Uh, I I went for my daughter, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Like it's it's a the, the anim, like it's a beautiful looking film. The art direction is great. Uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson's great in it. The the uh, first time actress who voices Moana is fantastic. The story moves along nicely, and even the. Uh, uh, the Hamilton gentleman, uh, Lin Lin Manuel Miranda. Miranda, yeah, he wrote the music for the film, and the songs are really good. Yeah, so yeah, I it's a really good it film. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's uh, what's uh, the best song written in the last one hundred years? Oh, geez, I will say, uh, when I got to see Bruce Springsteen last year, oh. uh, I'm I'm originally from New Jersey, so I do kind of. His music means a little more to me because of that Jersey connection. You know, yeah. Right. Um, I did cry a little bit during Thunder Road. I love that okay. song. Okay. So like that. yeah, I, I'll I'll take Springsteen Thunder Road. Thunder Road. Good choice. It's the first time we've gotten that one. What's your favorite word? If you're a wordsmith, you're a professional writer. What's your favorite word? I'm gonna just I'm gonna go with uh, if this is a little bit of a cheat, but thank you. Aww. Because you know what it is. It's. I'll allow it. People. Common, I know we just got done talking about how generous and kind all of the IGN audience was to me, but in general, the general discourse present in our society now, particularly on online, on social media, nobody, there's, civility has, has, has really gone downhill, in my humble opinion. Uh, it's not to say, there are a lot of great people, there are a lot of good people out there, great people out there, but in general, just... Hearing out in everyday society, hearing thank you for something, whether you've held the door open for someone or or whatever it is, it's it's just a it's just nice to hear. So I like I'm gonna that. go with thank you. Well, this show's all about thank you. Okay, I'll take that. I, I'll allow it definitely. If you can Ju- Judge Mills Lane, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> to, uh, I'll buy that for a dollar. That's different. Um, the uh, if you could travel through time and meet any one person, who would it be? Good one, Maggie, huh? This is a super. This is going to be a dumb answer, I think, for for you or most of your audience. But these are designed to be interesting. I genuinely, you know, I, I know they're they're going to be. I'll think. I'm going to think of a way better one later of an actual historical That's figure. That's okay. Let's hear who you want to talk to. Uh, 
I actually would love to meet and just sit down and talk to Elon Musk now. Okay. That's totally I, I, I admire him. I think he's an incredible force for good in our society. Would you talk to him right now or would you talk to him earlier in his life? No, now now's good. It. Okay, you want to talk yeah. to him now that he's succeeded? Now's good, okay. yeah. This is with everything he's got going on now. All right. Elon, if you're watching and listening, uh, well, please Ryan come on my on my podcast. So, I, he's got to know about it. He's got to listen. I, I right? doubt it. I mean, really? the guy—he's—you he, know—how busy that guy is. Like, I, I'm sure there are certain people who work at—you know—there are what thirty thousand people that work at Tesla, whatever it is. I'm sure there are Tesla people that know about it, but I can't imagine Elon Musk knows about my silly little corner of the internet I, Tesla I'd like podcast. To, I'd like to believe that Elon Musk, when he's driving his Tesla to work and it's steering in between lanes, I think lanes, he gets driven to is, work. Is listening he, to, <laughs> you don't think he drives? I figure Elon Musk, I figure if you run a car company, you absolutely drive yourself. Well, I hope so, but um, but I, I would assume that he needs to spend that time in the car working and uh, not driving, okay. so I would assume he has a driver. Okay, I was assuming he was listening to your podcast driving <laughs> to work. That's my thought. Mr. Musk, uh, if you are watching or listening, uh, Ride the Lightning would love to have you. So would Pockets Full of Soup at some point. But you got to go and ride the lightning first because, I mean, that would just, it would just be wrong <laughs> if you came here first. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you make a really groovy car. Uh, he does. So there's that. I'm, I can't wait to get mine. Mo- oh, yeah. You're, you're, and you're Model in, 3. You're the, in line. The affordable one, yes. Yeah, you're it's in line. End of this year or maybe early next, depending on how things go. So I've been – I'm. I've been looking forward to it for a long, long time. Almost still there. trying to save up my money. That's uh, that's it's a long, it's a long financial road hill to climb. Yeah, but you're buying a car that uh, looks like it's going to last you a very, very, very long very, time. Very long time. Yes. It's a good investment. At least that is what appears to be the case. Um, who was your first kiss? Uh, her name is Shannon. She's uh, a still, still a friend of mine. Still uh, a friend. Yeah. In fact, she uh, just <sighs> would have just had her. She she had told me she her. Her baby should have just about been born now. So, yeah, she's uh, she was a she was a first first crush. That was uh, that was a fun time. How was I, that kiss? Uh, as I remember it, it was awesome. Oh, there we yeah. go. Probably not for her. We get we, we get a tremendous <laughs> amount of variance in that. Probably answer. not for her, but yeah. for me it was. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, and uh, last question: I was asked this. Anything you want? Any one thing you want to ask me before we get off? I uh, just want to ask you how. You got to be such a kind and respectful human being when when uh, that is an increasingly rare characteristic. Is it? Do you attribute it to your parents? Is it a? Was it sort of a uh, the the neighborhood or area where you grew up? Where how how was how was the? Because you have you have one of the most well calibrated moral and. Uh, moral and uh, what's, now you're what's building the other me one up, but let's just call it moral compass oh. that of anyone I've ever met, and I I wonder where that comes from. Well, I I think I think this. Um, you're very kind. Um, I really do treasure congeniality and kindness. Um, I do commit acts of anger. And everyone does wrongness. Sure, and I, I I have made deliberate choices that are wrong you know not just just dumb but i've done things that i think are 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 morally incorrect and i've done them for selfish reasons or out of anger or out of impulse right yeah. you know i don't want to give this idea to people that that i'm somehow beyond that because i'm no. not no one is but the better parts of myself are accommodated my parents were kind people are kind people both of them um 
And uh, a lot of it I ascribe to having parents and a community around me growing up a couple of times. I was very fortunate to be part of a sincere religious community that it, many of the people in it existed beyond in, in a degree of, of faith beyond trying to adhere to certain kinds of rules or to give the appearance of, of some kind of concrete holiness. These were people that actually seemed committed to making themselves better and helping the people around them. And I saw that it enriched their lives in hard times. Excellent. And I grew up surrounded. My dad was a minister. And so I'd see people go through pain and cancer and sickness and poverty and loss and death. And I saw that when other people came in and helped, it really made things a little better yeah. and it enriched the lives of the people doing the helping that was the example i had and i also grew up around tolerant or more than tolerant open-minded parents who said to me and teachers too that said to me look just because you believe something doesn't mean you know it you yeah. do not have a you do not have the market cornered on truth you do not have the market cornered you're smart but there are other people out there that have thought of things you've never thought about. You need to listen to them, respect them, and learn from them. That's good advice. And and they really helped me with that. And some of it is that I have a terrible temper. I have a very, very terrible natural temper. And I have to cultivate a uh, a congeniality. That, he's going to ruin your answer. That's okay. That kind of she's suppresses. Like, yeah, I'm being. You're uh, on I'm iTunes. Being, I'm being love, uh, yeah, love she's kissed Maggie's here again by Maggie. Head. Okay, Maggie. Yeah. Come on. So yeah, I, I, I also I one last thing, Ryan. And again, yeah. I'm answering long here. I hope I don't sound too self-involved. No, it's, I asked you. I suffer from mental illness, uh, and I have a propensity toward depression, mm -hmm. clinical depression. Um, Trying to find positive, congenial, loving, and thankful and good aspects of life helps me deal with my natural proclivity towards seeing the worst in things. Right. Maybe. It's not denial. I just try to accept that both of them are true. I'm trying yeah. to. I'm trying to live a balanced life at two extremes. I guess in a very strange way. Well, that's a so. very. Uh, <laughs> that's a very healthy way to look at things I, I i try again i fail a lot of the time i i let people down for a list of ways i've screwed up uh just ask angie um <laughs> we, we can learn more about that <laughs> okay, so, anyway thank you ryan i think i've talked about myself there enough but that's some of it i care and i care try to care about other people ultimately my faith Every you know jesus said the best way to love god is loving other people so i'm good with that um, he said, that's what really matters. Not what you say, yeah. not that you, he said, don't, you know, it literally is like, don't come tell me you love me when there's a human, another human being out there that needs love and help. So that, I like that. All right. So anyway, there's the breach cast with Jared. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Maggie, thank you so Absolutely. much for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, uh, they can find you on Twitter at... DMC underscore Ryan. And at Patreon for Ride the Lightning at? Patreon.com. <laughs> oh, Maggie, come on. Come here. I know. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And finally, of course, at Ye Old. Uh, it's not the Imagine Games Network. Hasn't uh, been for quite a while. Hasn't been for quite a while, but the IGN. IGN. Uh, where you can see him for Unfiltered, Unlocked, and uh, read all kinds of wonderful writing as well. Previous editor for that site. Mm -hmm. Ryan, thank you so much. Maggie, thank you so much. <laughs> all right. I'd say Secret Stout. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jared. Thank you.